Hello, this is Kumbasike, this is Connor, this is episode 24. Today I'm chatting to Toro Hines. Toro is initially from Bermuda, spent some time in the UK, and is now currently an expat here in Vietnam. He is the founder and CEO of Up Global, a charity looking to bridge the gap of inequality that currently exists. Toro, how are you doing? I'm so good, man. Yeah. Really, really, really happy to be here. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. So let's kind of go straight into your background then. Bermuda, sure. I don't know much about Bermuda. Like, once I met you, I wasn't really familiar with it. What's Bermuda like? What was it like growing up there? Yeah, so a little bit about Bermuda. Bermuda is a small island that is a British colony still. It is northeast of the Caribbean, an island that is currently in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, a lot of people may know about it because of the crazy stories that are surrounded by it, such as planes going missing or ship sinking. Uh, I haven't seen any of that <laughs> myself. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, not really a thing for me. But um, yeah, growing up in Bermuda, I was very blessed to be surrounded by the ocean, to be blessed by having uh, very uh, good weather constantly uh, throughout the year, except for hurricane season. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Uh, but Bermuda is a beautiful place to be brought up and to live. Yeah, sure. And so then you went to the UK after Bermuda, is that correct? You yes. went to uni there. Do you mind telling me a bit more about what it was like going from Bermuda to the UK? Sure, sure. So I originally moved from Bermuda when I was 16 years old to go to boarding school. I went to a sports school called Millfield School. And I went there to uh, advance myself in sports. And I was uh, very lucky to have this opportunity because it's a very special sporting school. Um, when I was at Millfield, I then, for two years, for my sixth form, I then eventually went from Millfield to Bristol, uh, University of the West of England, for my undergraduate degree. And I stayed in Bristol for five years. So I did my undergraduate degree in international relations and politics. Absolutely loved it. And then moved on to do my master's in international law and inter with international relations uh, at the University of Bristol. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so how did you find living in the UK? You enjoyed it? I, at the beginning, I absolutely loved it, man. Uh, the thing that I really struggled with in the UK was the weather. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man, the weather yeah. is just not for me. Yeah, not you can me. go from two different locations. I'm trying to think, like, a standard drizzly Saturday, you'd be like, oh, fuck, I want to be back in Bermuda. Yes. Just, like, pop those up in your shoes there. So then you ended up in Vietnam. How did that come about? Yeah, man. So after university, I ended up working for a charity uh, called 1625 Independent People. Uh, that was my first experience of uh, working with disadvantaged and vulnerable kids. And I remember towards the end of my time with the charity, I started looking for opportunities where I could continue this uh, journey, I guess, of helping disadvantaged and vulnerable people, but in another country. Yeah, sure. And the reason why I chose Vietnam was mostly because I did not know much about Vietnam. You know, I'd heard about Thailand, obviously I know more about China, um, even Malaysia I know more about, but Vietnam I truly didn't know anything about. Yeah. And uh, that mixed with uh, my passion for teaching. So while I was in university, I started tutoring, and I also had the opportunity to uh, help with summer camps, summers before the end of university. And during those experiences, I realized that I love teaching. So I thought I wanted to do something completely different to what I've done before, something completely different to law, something completely different to uh, the housing charity work that I was doing. And I wanted to use my skills to help teach kids in Vietnam. Okay, cool. So that brings us nicely really onto Up then. So yes. Up is the charity which you've now started yourself. Congratulations for getting that going. Thank you. I'm super excited. Yeah, I can <laughs> tell that you're definitely passionate about this and I love to see it. 
So how did that get started out? What gave you the idea to, and yeah, why did you start up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the, my original idea when I was here in Vietnam uh, was I started noticing the opportunities for, the sporting opportunities for children in the area that I lived, which was District 2 An Phu at the yeah. time. Okay, cool. And what I noticed was that many of the football camps or many of the football teams uh, for youth there, were children, sorry, parents had to pay for. And it made me realize that a lot of the opportunities for children uh, were only available if their parents had the money for it. Now, this isn't to take away from the charities that already exist here in Vietnam um, and Ho Chi Minh City, but I started noticing that to, uh, to, join, uh, to join these types of um, sports organizations, you would have to pay for it. So my original idea was just to run a summer camp for kids where I would get professional coaches, uh, really high-quality coaches, to come coach those kids, but for free. The parents right. would not have to pay for it. Um, and to do this, I realized that I needed three teams, sorry, three things. I needed to have the funding to get it started. I needed a location, obviously somewhere to have a camp and I needed the coaches. And, uh, I kind of pitched this idea to a good friend of mine, uh, named Michaela Richardson. She has her own company in the UK called free the fresher. And, uh, she's my mentor. Nice. And, uh, I remember talking to her just about my idea and she said, do it. She said, do it, I support you. If you ever need help with anything, just talk to me about it. I can see what I can do. And that was the first time where I really was like, okay, Michaela believes in me, yeah. I believe in me, I have this idea, let me do this. And that conversation led on to another conversation with the owner of a football pitch where I played football. They loved the idea. Um, it's a sports complex which have multiple football pitches. So I started to realize, you know, things started to form together. And then finally, I got in contact with uh, coaches, um, uh, the CEO of an organization called uh, BFoot, which was a football camp that I was a part of when I was a youth. And I basically told him my idea, how I wanted to help kids in Vietnam by having a really good professional coaching camp for free. Sure. And he emailed me back within like eight hours and was like, I love it, I'll come to Vietnam. Yes. And not only that, he wanted to also do another camp with me in Bermuda. And it wasn't until then that, again, at this time, it was still just uh, an idea for a football camp, yeah. not, not an organization, not a charity. Mm. I just wanted to host an event that would just help kids. I just wanted kids to have an opportunity to have a really high level of football coaching, but for free, because I don't believe it is fair that you have to pay for it to gain this opportunity. And man, when I brought, went back to the lady who's in charge of... Um, the football complex and she couldn't believe that I was able to do all of that. This all happened in like two days, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that I, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I already had people that wanted to give me funding and it was, it was crazy. And she said, Toro, I never told you about this before, but, um, I've actually had something similar to this. Whereas I've uh, hosted football tournaments for orphans twice before the tournament got canceled in 2020 because of COVID, but she wanted to know if I would like to help her host another tournament like that. And, uh, and basically lead on the day, you know, where I would be there presenting to the kids, helping kids coaching and, uh, you know, get involved with the, with the tournament. And it wasn't until then that I started thinking, okay, I could do a summer camp. I could do a football camp, uh, tournament. Maybe I could do coaching as well. And I was like, what if 
I had all of these things under one umbrella. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I want to start my own NGO. Yes, nice. I like the fact that you managed to link them all together. So, um, with then up, um, well, first of all, this is quite strange because what gave the gave you the idea of the name up, mm-hmm. and what sort of things are you doing now then with up? Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. So, for anyone who is going to start their own business or organization or charity or whatever, uh, the name is one of the hardest parts. <laughs> it I took me, CK, yeah. same thing wow yeah. man it took me i've gone through so many names like i don't even want to list them off so many, hundreds of names of what i should call this yeah uh the reason why up sticked because one it stands for united people's project but most importantly the word up is short for uplifting and this is kind of what i want to do i want to uplift people um all my life i've been someone who stays very positive um when I've encountered struggles in my life, I've been able to overcome it due to my own personal positivity. And um, I want to be able to project that energy onto other people, especially kids, as a way to empower them, but also to help them get through their own challenges in life. Because we all go through challenges. But um, yeah, that's, that's around the reason why I chose the word up, because yes. it is short for uplifting. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to uplift people. Right, I see, yeah. So that kind of brings us quite nicely onto the challenges aspect. Um, mm. What we like to do on Cumbersica usually is share a bit about what we've gone through that's helped us kind of come back from adversity yes. to move forward. So the comeback beats the setback. Amazing. Um, whether this be about you personally or anything you've seen in Bermuda, in the mm. UK, with your charity work, in Vietnam, with any challenges, even with up or beyond... What, um, I know this is quite a broad question. Yeah, yeah, no what, problem. What um, challenges have you faced that you've had to come back from to get to the point that you're here now? And how did you come back from it? Yes, very good question, man. Um, so I, I would say there are maybe two or three particular instances in my life where I faced very serious challenges. Um, and the two things that have affected me the most would be self-doubt and anxiety. And um, I would say self-doubt became really apparent to me during my master's degree Um, all of a sudden I was at a very very well recognized university which is University of Bristol doing law international law and I just remember being there and thinking how am I here like uh, I didn't I you know I was always confident in my own ability and my work but I was just thinking you know how am I at this university doing this amazing course Um, I was writing essays and and not really not really understanding how I was still getting good grades. You know, I yeah. just had so much self-doubt. And I almost felt like I was faking it, but I wasn't. But at the time, I, I felt like I was. And, um, and although, although I put my energy into my work, I always felt like I could have done more. So, so what I'm trying to say is, um, yeah, the, the mental health challenges that I faced was uh, anxiety and self-doubt during university, mm. I say. But the, the biggest setback for me was my rejection to the civil service. Mm. So a little bit about uh, what I wanted to do when I was at university, I was kind of on this path to work for the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. Um, I was very lucky that in the second year of my university degree, I had the opportunity to be part of the SDIP internship program. So that was a program where I worked for the civil service and I worked in HMRC for the tax avoidance team. And it was amazing. And what that internship does is it kind of leads you on to become a civil servant after university. And uh, with that 
uh, yeah, with that internship, it, kind of, it got me straight to the last stage of the process of becoming a civil servant. So I wrote essays, I did interviews, I went through like eight different stages to get to this final day where you go to the Foreman Commonwealth office and it's like you have different activities and tests that you have to do. And I thought I smashed it. I really, really thought I smashed it. I was like, this is my purpose. I'm gonna work for the government and I'm gonna change policy. The, I, that was my idea at the time. I wanted to like change policy to help people. I didn't get it. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't get it and I was devastated, man. I honestly thought, Everything I've been doing for the last three years was leading up to this moment. Yes. And it failed. I didn't understand how I wouldn't gain that opportunity after doing the internship. Um, it was almost promised to me. And all of a sudden, I was very disappointed with what was going on um, in my life. And I can tell you right now, that was the best thing to ever happen to me. Because not getting into the civil service led me to a charity called 1625 Independent People. Okay, cool. 1625 Independent People is a housing association slash charity in Bristol who provide housing and support to homeless young people. And I worked there for a year and a half right after my master's degree instead of working for the civil service. Right, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what did you learn through your work at this uh, 16 to 25 in Bristol? Mm -hmm. What did you learn? Working for 1625 uh, was the best experience for me because it made me realize how lucky I was. I, as a person um, and how privileged I was you know I was working with homeless kids every single day I got to see their housing situation I got to speak to them about their experiences and these aren't just uh, British homeless kids these were you know uh, homeless kids from Syria or even from Somalia from other countries that were living in England and were homeless and working in that environment which was a which was a very difficult environment at times uh, really taught me to be happy all the time, yeah. even though I kind of was before, but it really made me realize if something is going bad or something is going wrong, it's not that bad. You know, I have a family. I have a mom and a dad. You know, I've got two parents. I have a house. I have access to clean water. You know, my situation is not that bad. Uh, and I know it is uh, very common for us to complain about things when things go wrong, but working for that charity really taught me that, man, I am so privileged. I am so lucky. And when things don't go right, I now have such a positive outlook on it. You know, that wasn't supposed to happen. Let's move on. Yeah, that's the best way. I love the fact that you mentioned that being rejected from the civil service, which you put all your attention into, mm -hmm. and you think you've smashed it. It's almost, yeah, I'm going there. You get a slap in the face almost. I'm not here. But then, as you've mentioned, you've taken the positive, you've gone to work for the charity, and you've realized, oh, actually, thank goodness I got rejected. Yes. Because it's so easy to look at the rejections or the failures of the thing and wallow, as you said. Oh, why me? My life is awful. But then mm. bring it back to the fundamentals. You have parents. You have a house. You have clean water. Yes. You have food. Yes. You have... Oh, in Vietnam, we are so lucky. I mean, this We're apartment's so nice. We have technology. We have books. We have mm. so many things for us not to complain about, basically. So yes, I love man. the fact you've taken that attitude. Mm -hmm. So then with Up, um, the projects you're doing with Up, what are they? Can you tell me more about them? Yes, oh, definitely I can tell yes. you about that. <laughs> so uh, at Up, the, there's a, the two main things that we're focusing on right now are education inequality and inequality of opportunity. We want to provide opportunities for kids who don't have them, but as well as just opportunities for anyone to join for free. So uh, the project that I just started today is teaching online classes on Zoom to kids for free. These can be English classes, but uh, I have a team of teachers 
that this is now going to move on to other types of lessons as well in the future. But for now, we, uh, we're teaching kids online uh, for free. doesn't matter who you are or what your situation is. Obviously, they have to have access to a computer. Uh, but the reason why I'm so excited about this project is that today for our first lesson, uh, we have people from Peru, Bermuda, Canada, and Vietnam. So not only were we able to teach a class where we had members from uh, different countries, uh, we were able to connect people into a, this on the same platform that have never met each other before. Yeah. And it was amazing. We learned about each other. The exercises we did were about, you know, where are you from? What's the weather like where you are? What time is it? Yeah. You know? uh, one of the girls in Canada, who's my cousin, it's 9 p.m. Oh, but in Vietnam, it's 9 a.m. Yeah. You know, these kids were, they found it so amazing. Um, so yeah, the, our first project right now that we are focusing on is teaching kids online. This is uh, a response to the current COVID situation as we can't teach class in person. Yes. But we are going to move this on um, to eventually teaching in person as well. Yeah, sure. And um, there's a sporting aspect as well. Absolutely. Yeah, can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. So on February 28th, we were supposed to have a football camp for orphans. Um, if, yeah, I mentioned it earlier before, but um, I was supposed to co-host this football tournament where we had uh, orphans come from outside of Ho Chi Minh City as well as inside. And they would have a free event where they come play football. We're going to give them free t-shirts. Um, there's another charity I'm working with that are going to supply them shoes. You know, you know, food, beverages, everything. We just wanted to have a, uh, sorry, have a tournament for orphans and an experience that they would never forget. Unfortunately, because of COVID, this got postponed, uh, which kind of wants me to lead on to another thing that uh, when, I, when it first got postponed, I was very upset, you mm. know? Yeah. I've been planning this since September. Yeah. And I was really ready for it to happen, but it being postponed has actually turned into the biggest blessing of them all uh, because it has given me more time to prepare. It has given me more kids to get to come to the tournament. So now we're going to make it even bigger than we were before. We're going to reach out to more people and hopefully uplift a wider range of children. Yeah, of course. Um, can I ask you why you chose the sporting aspect? Mm. Why did you think that was important to get kids involved in? Absolutely. Um, I love sport. Uh, if you know me, anyone who's listening that does know me will know that I'm obsessed with football. Uh, I think about it almost 95% of the day. <laughs> if I'm not playing it, then I'm thinking about it. If I'm not thinking about it, I'm watching football. And I'm very lucky to have had many uh, big opportunities when pl with playing football. When I was 16, I represented my national team in the under-17 World Cup qualifiers nice. in Jamaica. It was an amazing experience. Uh, part of the reason why I was in England was I was playing football there as well. And uh, football in my life has been such a positive impact on my mental health, on my energy levels, and on my ability to connect with people that I understand that sport is a very important aspect of life that I want to uh, push on to other, other people. And kids love football in Vietnam, you know. I have never been somewhere where I've seen so many 3G football pitches, even more than England, which I'm very surprised yeah. about. And I've realized that sport is a way to connect people. And uh, I've known this for a while, but really here in Vietnam, it shows. You know, I know people who don't drink, for example. You know, some people go to the pub to have a drink with their friends, but instead of going for a drink with their friends, they come here and have a football game. 
It's amazing. But then they have a drink after. Yeah. It's, <laughs> they can't can yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that aspect of, yeah, when I came to Vietnam too, I was so surprised. Everywhere you go, there's a football shirt. Yes. And it doesn't just link to the, the stereotype, it's just Man United. It's not just Man United. There's nope. Arsenal, there's Tottenham, there's Liverpool, there's Manchester City, Atletico. Leicester. Leicester, yeah. I've yeah. seen a few of them. I thought, well, okay. They definitely realised what happened four or five years ago. Yeah. yeah there's so many. And so, yeah, I think it's great that you've tapped into that aspect and brought kids mm. together. There's something they like. And obviously, it's not just about playing football. They can learn more about, yeah, as you said, uplifting. Yes. They can uplift each other. Mm-hmm. Everyone can see how it, how it gets involved. So, yeah, I think it's a great project. Thank you, man. How can you get involved in it? How can we get involved? Yeah, man. Uh, so, currently, to get involved with uh, Up Global, you can look at our website or our Instagram page. Send us a message and let us know whether you are a teacher or someone who... Uh, is a coach in football or someone who has access to children who would benefit from our service. Uh, I think it's very clear that I have to say that everything we do is for free. Yeah, All of our opportunities are for free. We just want to help people. We're not trying to gain any money from this. We just want to help people. So yeah, if you do want to get involved, shoot us a message, shoot me a message on Instagram or uh, the Up Global Instagram page a message or even a, a message on the Facebook and uh, or by email. And we'll get back to you. Uh, we just want to help people. And the only way to reach out to more people is if we have more people. Of course. You know? Yeah. Spreading the word. We have to spread. Yeah. So what are the aims for the future? I know that's quite a broad question because it's just started. But yeah, where do you want to go with this? Oh, man, huge question. It's huge, huge question. I, th- I think it... Uh, where do I want to go in the future of UpGlobal? Yeah. I want to have projects in multiple countries. You know? I've already spoken to people about doing something similar to what I'm doing here in Vietnam, in Jamaica, as well as um, with refugees in Turkey, uh, as well as with um, in England. I, I definitely, after I've worked in Vietnam for this year, I want to use everything we've learned from these first couple of projects and then move those on to other countries. Because the reason why it's called Up Global is because I want to make this global. Yeah. And I've known that from the very start. Great stuff. So where can we find you on social media? Yes. So very lucky the name has worked out well because at UPP Global for Instagram, at UPP Global for Facebook, and it is uh, uppglobal.co.uk for our website at this moment of time. The website is actually going to be changed to .org. Mm. Um, I think within the next month, but for now, uppglobal.co.uk. Okay, great stuff. So yeah, Toro, been an absolute pleasure. I mean, we spoke a couple of months ago, I was going to start the podcast, you were the charity, and look, here we are now. Here we are now. Killing it, man. Here we know, man. Thank you. I'm really impressed what you're doing at such a young age as well. Are you 24? 24, 24. yeah. To take this initiative and then decide to go for it at 24. You're ahead of so many people. Fair play to you, man. Thanks, man. 96, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Pleasure to have you on. And yeah, all the best with the Up Global in the future. I look forward to seeing it grow and grow and grow. Thank you, Connor. And thank you for having me on here today. I'm glad to um, reach out to your audience here. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. This, yeah. is, this is great. Absolute pleasure. All the best, man. Thank you, bro.